Hello and welcome to the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much all for joining in. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you and uh, it's going to be a great show tonight. We encourage you to come up and ask our guests and us questions. Uh, you, the listeners, do drive this show. Also, to get further updates on shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and most other social media channels. Hello again, everybody. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, host of the Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast. And to introduce himself is my partner in crime and co-host, John Fitzpatrick. Hey, thanks, Bill. And good evening, everyone. Bill mentioned I'm John from Rugby Morning, so I curate the top rugby news from around the world with a concentration or focus on MLR and USA Rugby, both men's and women's Eagle, and then serve it up six days a week uh, in a newsletter helping you stay informed in five minutes or less. And you can find us on our socials at Rugby Morning. And before we get to our first guest, uh, we're going to do a quick, quick, quick recap the latest news in USA Rugby. John, right back to you. Yeah, sure. So I think the news that everyone's waiting on, we still haven't gotten yet, and that is any statements from MLR on the disqualification of Austin and L.A. With the Eliminator rounds this weekend, highly unlikely we'll hear anything from MLR until probably after this round or most likely after the season, so stay tuned on that. But in player news, Old Glory DC center wing Junior Zhao, who has scored nine tries this season, which was good for fourth best in MLR. He's going back to rugby league. He's going to join up with League One squad, the Kaylee Cougars. I hope I pronounced that right, but he is back off to the UK to uh, finish out a rugby league season over there. And good for Junior. And for Eagles Overseas news, a bit under the radar, and I, and I just confirmed with Will McGee's mother, and that is the truth, uh, Will is in fact retiring from rugby. Uh, best wishes to Will in the future endeavors. Uh, let's go down south. USA women are in New Zealand for the Pacific Four Series. They face Australia this Saturday, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, selections just came out a half an hour ago. An influx of Saracens and extra chief stars have been selected with Kate Zachary as captain. Lottie Clapp, previously capped for England, will get her first USA cap starting on the wing with uh, with Janine Detebo on the other wing. Strong wingers in the world. They are great players. You can watch that match live on World Rugby's website. Uh, and also a shameless plug for Eagles Overseas. We are extremely happy to announce a new partner, Myoderm, which they are a leader in CBD creams. Great for your aching rugby muscles. Yeah, yeah, it's shameless plug. Uh, but please give it a chance. Check out myoderm.com and get a discount of 10% with the discount code of EAGLES. Yeah, yeah, shameless plug again. Let's get on to our first guest. This guy is extremely new to this platform of Twitter, and before you know it, he will be gone. Uh, this guest is from the great town of Marblehead, Mass., the birthplace of the American Navy, although uh, a nearby town, Beverly, uh, disputes that. Uh, everyone, please welcome Nate Wrigley. How are you, Nate? Hey, excited to be here. Good uh, Marblehead facts there. So I did your research. <laughs> Well, it was easy for me because I actually live in Manchester by the sea, which is up the road from Marblehead. Oh, sure. Yeah. Love that. So, so there's not a lot of rugby players that are Marblehead, uh, you know, a lot of sailors, sure, but uh, rugby players? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went to um, St. John's Prep in uh, Danvers there. So school of 1200 boys uh, and they happened to have a rugby team. Um, and so rugby being a spring sport in high school, went, uh, played football and rugby all through high school. Um, and so just kind of picked it up and fell in love with it and decided to make that, you know, a career. You know, I was wondering about that because a, a friend of mine, uh, she actually teaches at St. John's Prep now. 
And uh, it was maybe two years ago, uh, Massachusetts uh, Intercollegiate Athletic Association, MIAA, um, recognized rugby as a high school sport, which is a huge deal, I think, in most states to have the, um, you know, that governing body recognize the sport. You know, what was it back then? It was just more of a club side, you know, and who'd you face, like maybe Boston College High School? Yeah, so it was, um, you know, it was officially a varsity sport or the equivalent at St. John's back then. But um, without the MIA recognition, it was a pretty eclectic assortment of schools that we played um, all over New England. So, yeah, so the, the BC High, um, but then like Brookline Mass, the public high school had a team um, and it has produced uh, some good players out of there as well, including Capt Eagles. Um, and then we played all over New England. So we played up in New Hampshire, Vermont. Um, we played a team from Rhode Island, uh, anywhere we could really find matches at that point in time. So when you were, um, you know, when you went to Dartmouth, you know, was that a factor for you? I mean, obviously your academics are high enough to get into Dartmouth. Uh, them having a really strong rugby program, was that important to you? Uh, I knew I wanted to play rugby in college. Um, and so it was definitely a draw. Uh, both my folks went to Dartmouth. And so I had a pretty good connection there to begin with. Um, and given what I wanted to do academically, it was kind of a perfect fit there. Um, so yes, rugby was a part of it, but it certainly wasn't the whole thing. So what you're saying, Nate, is that your, your family, um, um, donated enough money for a new library and you got in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you go visit the, yeah, the Brakely family library, you'll see exactly why I was there. So Nate, uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's go back to the last match against New England. Um, seemed to be a bit of a statement win against New England uh, last week, and you gave the Free Jacks their first ever loss there at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Uh, I know you and Nick didn't play in that. Ben, captain from the lock, did a great job. You know, is that the right way to go in the playoffs? Yeah, 100%. I think we felt that last year uh, we kind of limped into the playoffs. We had a home loss to NOLA uh, right before the playoffs, and um, this year we felt that we needed we needed some momentum. We needed um, to be kind of all everything firing um, as we come into this, basically the same strong Atlanta team we, we faced last year. Um, and so to put together what was probably our first 80 minute performance um, on the weekend, even with a, you know, a handful of changes in the lineup uh, was a tremendous for confidence, um, for continuity, for again, just that momentum that can play such a big role in a playoff game. Yeah, Nate, you talked a little bit about some of those changes, and you know that's good. Good transition here to talk a little bit about some of the new teammates that you've had on the squad recently. Some big names, right? Wysocki and Hollow, and and certainly uh, Milner Scudder. Pretty immediate impact on the team's success. What uh, what has both of those players brought to the team? Yeah, you know, well, you can't obviously having a World Cup winning All Blacks on the team is never going to hurt you. Um, sure, you know the. They definitely bring a, a physical aspect, but I think for guys like that, and we've seen this with Andy Ellis over the past year and then this year again, um, just the experience of kind of having seen it all um, and what they bring to the team both on and off the field is just – it can't be overstated how valuable that is um, as far as leadership and culture and just kind of understanding what a high-performance team does on a day-to-day basis and kind of living and walking and talking that themselves. Uh, is great for you know for me who's been around for a while but within a USA context and and especially for the younger guys that are just starting out on their journey to be able to learn from those folks at this point in their career yeah sure you talked speaking a little bit about USA your uh your teammate there on the Eagles who 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 rejoined uh rugby New York about halfway through the season but Nick Nick Savetta here back in the engine room 
uh, with you. You've had a few matches together over the years, both MLR and internationals. What's it, what is it like just playing with him? Is it the familiarity of just knowing the experience or what is it like having a, a player like him in the engine room from both a USA rugby perspective and a, and a rugby New York perspective? Uh, yeah, you know, so we, we've had pretty similar paths to where we got to. Um, and, you know, as much back and forth as we would probably give each other about um, how much better we are than the other one, um, we're pretty similar players. And so I think there's just a lot of familiarity there. Um, and we both kind of go about our business the same way. And so it, it works very well as a pairing. Um, and if you, you know, if you're looking at a traditional four or five role as well, we, we make we make up that pairing pretty well as well. Um, and so I think at this point, it, it really is just kind of a level of comfort and understanding uh, that you really only get after you've played at this point, probably 50 matches together. Sure. You, you talked a little bit, of, you know, it's kind of funny there. You talked a bit, you know, who's better in one thing or the other. So if, if I were to ask you who's faster, you or Nick, who's, who would you say is the faster athlete? Uh, it's me, certainly. And that's saying something because I'm slow as hell. <laughs> We'll have to ask Nick. We had him on a few months ago. We didn't ask him the question about if he was faster than you. But next time we have him on, we'll have to get his point of view on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> and speaking of Nick, Nate, um, let's talk about the varsity match for a second. You know, um, you earned your blue in, in that very historic match You know, back in 2012. Um, you know, tell us about the experience. And, you know, was it your idea for Nick to do the same? Or did you say, don't do it. I want to be the guy on the team who did that match. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there was a, a pretty wild experience. So I did this, uh, they played in the 2012 varsity. Um, so I went there right after Dartmouth. Um, and obviously, you know, I had some success at Dartmouth, but it's still American rugby. And so the, the scale of, you know, the crowds and the tournaments and everything was, um, just a lot less than what I experienced over there. Um, and to, you know, to go to university where, uh, the sport I was playing was the sport versus always being in the shadow of American football, say at, at Dartmouth and in America um, was wild. It was just, a, it was just a really cool experience to be kind of have a, be part of a, a rugby team that was kind of at the forefront of the sporting culture of the university. Um, so that, that was wild. And then we played in Twickenham. So we played in the biggest stadium in the country. Um, and you can fact check me on that, but one of the biggest anyways, uh, in front of, uh, 25,000 people, which was the biggest crowd. Uh, it's probably still up there for one of the biggest crowds I've ever played in front of. Um, so that was, it was just a tremendous experience from a learning rugby cultural experience. Um, and then just a memory forever. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't shy about talking about how cool that was. Uh, and so I, you know, Nick, uh, probably heard some of those stories, but he's also, um, you know, he has a pretty good, uh, head on his shoulders as well. So I think he was probably always looking to, um, to, to do something that to set him up for after rugby as well. Very cool. Yeah. It's a very neat experience. And, you know, I think you're one of only maybe what nine or 10, um, Americans that have played in the varsity match. So certainly rarefied air. So that's, that's pretty cool. But let's, let's talk about this weekend, right? Big, uh, big matches, big playoff, um, contest this weekend. Familiar foe, right? Uh, you're taking on a rugby ATL. You guys played twice this year. You had a win over them in February, uh, a loss in May, and then, as you mentioned earlier, um, a loss last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, a heartbreaker 10-9 to Atlanta. So, you know, I guess kind of a, I mean, what is it, you know, fair to say a mixed bag of results, but 
taking everything from those past two games this season and from the Eastern Conference Finals from last year, what has the team been able to take from those those three previous games to to try and apply it for for this upcoming weekend and to 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 get past uh, say the semifinal round? Uh, yeah, you know, at this at this point, they're definitely a familiar foe, um, and especially since uh, there's. At this point, maybe four or five uh, prior New York players on Atlanta. So we know each other very well. Um, and that's what makes all these games a lot of fun. Um, and so we're looking forward to uh, playing a little earlier in the season. So it's not necessarily the sweat fest that it was last year. Um, but I think if you look at all the games, they're, they're games that massively play into the momentum of the game. Um, is this most recent one they got... They kind of put their uh, pedal to the metal early, and we couldn't recover from that. When we played them earlier in the year, we jumped out to a big lead and kind of rode that to the end. Um, so it's going to come down to, I think, who can uh, hit the ground running and then mo- maintain that momentum for the game. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, at the end of the day, it is playoff footy too. So uh, it, I expect I expect it to be a little bit tighter than both those previous matches. Yeah, certainly. So, would you say preparations for this weekend's match have been different than earlier in the season, or does it change because of the intensity? Because it is, it is a playoff match. Uh, Yeah, you know that's always the the question is when you come into playoff scenarios like this, do you change what's been working Uh, because it's the playoffs? Do you amp it up some more, or do you stick with what you've been doing because it's gotten to you to this point? Um, And we've probably taken taken a little bit from both of those philosophies there. Uh, there's certainly a good buzz about the about the squad this week. Um, just knowing the opportunity that's in front of us um, and a little bit of revenge. Uh, never heard anybody get up for a game. Uh, without further ado, let's move on to Jack's Rangers, who's up here right now. What's going on, buddy? Hey guys, uh, just got off of my own little live stream that we did with the, uh, the Free Jacks and also the First Regiment supporters group. So I'm about half lit right now. I had a few storm alongs, so I apologize in advance. Uh, Nate, I know that you were a New England guy, um, went to Dartmouth, if I am correct. What, what was the decision to, uh, continue to stay on with, uh, rugby, New York, AKA rugby, New Jersey? Uh, yeah. Getting spicy to start here. Yes, sir. That's- uh, <laughs> uh, Hey, listen, at this point I've played, uh, I've played far more rugby in New York than I have in New England. Um, and so while New England's always home, rugby is rugby, or sorry, New York is kind of rugby home at this point. Um, and so I've been playing with a lot of the guys here for quite a while. Um, and it's, uh, it's very hard to, to, to leave family as it were here. Um, even if, uh, the, the hills of, uh, Boston are calling me. Fair enough. I respect the answer. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and speaking with listeners right now, I did get a DM from one. I got a DM from Jason. Um, Nate, he wants to congratulate you and USA on winning the 2031, uh, 2033 World Cups, respectively. Maybe not you, but USA. Um, huge for the sport and for USA alike. Uh, with Major League Rugby improving weekly with quality and experience as transparent as ever, what's the main focus now ahead of the aforementioned World Cups? Uh, yeah, so I think for America and any you know tier two, as it were, nation, um, it's about building a pipeline of talent. And I think MLR plus their academies has uh, definitely started in the right direction with that. And the question is, what's the best way that we continue to put Americans into that pipeline such that we are starting to produce more world-class athletes? Um, I think America also has the benefit of uh, 
the sporting culture that we have here, which means that those pipelines aren't necessarily start playing when you're four and then be good by the time you're an adult. Um, I think we've seen great success with crossover athletes. Uh, we have a, a few on uh, the New York team that have done tremendously. Caleb Geiger is the obvious one. Um, and so we can start to look at some pipelines that would be unique to America, to st- again, to start to build that talent pool. Um, and then by 2031, we should have the selection. Uh, you know, we should be, or rather we should be spoiled for selection with all those folks. Uh, and then it comes down to putting the right um, kind of coaches and systems in place at the high performance level to make sure that once those boys are assembled, that they're, they're performing at the level that we want them to. Nate, so switching gears a little bit, you know, talking about you about USA Rugby, we're, uh, you know, we're, I guess, a month out now from uh, the two lake series against Chile, the, the America's Two Rugby World Cup qualifier uh, for 2023. USA Camp is opening up soon. Uh, uh, will we see you there? Will you be part of the camp? Is there anything you can tell us? Uh, so I don't think they've released the squad yet. Um, so I don't think I'm allowed to say anything. Um, tried but, to, we tried it, Nate. We tried to yeah. get you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what an exciting opportunity, right, to, to qualify for a World Cup. Um, and we've uh, we've put ourselves in the position we're in. Um, and fortunately, we get uh, technically two options to dig ourselves out of the hole. So um, no, one to, no one to blame but ourselves and therefore no one to uh, – you know, lean on, but ourselves. So it's, it's a fun opportunity that exists this summer. Sure. Sure. And you, you've been part of the, the pool and capped and, you know, granted the, the, uh, the roster, the squad hasn't been announced yet, but you know, in the months leading up to it, the game, have there been any kind of like prep work or, or has there been any scouting on Chile? Like what can you expect? Have you guys gone through any of that kind of stuff yet? Or what can you tell us about that? Yeah, so there was an alignment camp earlier in the season um, that got the, the larger player pool together uh, to start to put some things like that in place in terms of systems and scouting and um, expectations for this summer. Um, the, the problem that USA always runs into from a logistics issue, from a financial issue, uh, is that we don't get to assemble for quite a while often. Usually it's show up the week of the test type thing and then just kind of rock on and hope things work out. Uh, fortunately the camp starts, uh, Monday for guys that are done with MLR commitments. Um, and so the players there will have, um, close to a month to get ready for these two big games, including that warm up match against the French barbarians. All right. So let's move on to another listener. Uh, Ryan Kirby has been trying to get on here for a while. He's having issues. Ryan can you hear us. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you guys hear me? There he is. Yes. Yeah, thank God. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, so I have a quick question, and, I mean, anybody can answer. Um, but one of my questions is is that I know we're trying to grow the game over here, and, you know, of course, adding on to, you know, the men's league, the women's league, college, and stuff like that, um, but we don't have any high school league, and that's actually very concerning. I, at least over here in Illinois, I don't think we do. Um, I guess one of my questions is, is what can we do to continue growing the game and to build like maybe a high school program, just not for like Illinois, but across, you know, the United States. Um, you know, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like it would be a very good addition for those who may not want to do like track or, or tennis or something, you know, whether it's in the fall, the spring or whatever. Um, but I just wanted to know what you guys think, and I will take my answer uh, on mute. Thanks, guys. 
you know, you know, Ryan, I'm actually going to toss to you here in a second, Nate, but Ryan, uh, when I was in Atlanta for a number of years, I played for Old White and Life briefly as well. Uh, I was part of the group that tried to get high school rugby going. Not tried, there's high school rugby down there, which they do a great job. And I had a small part of it. And one of the things we had to do was pretty much go to the parents and say, rugby is not what you think, pretty much. It's safer, that kind of stuff. So that's been part of it as far as high school sports go. There are many, too many people on the outside who don't know about the game. And my hope is the next nine years that gets in front of them more where they realize, okay, this game is not what I thought it was, that kind of thing. So hopefully we get more and more high school players going now. Uh, Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an education piece. I think there's also just finding the right structure for it. And again, if you look at Massachusetts, where it's now made a varsity sport, or at least a, you know, a, a recognized by the governing body sport, um, that then just kind of, I think puts a lot of parents' minds at ease um, that there are, you know, real people looking out for the general safety of this the same way, you know, if you're comfortable with American football, then, um, or, or, you know, are comfortable with any, your child playing any sport, then those same people that are looking out for their safety are also looking out over rugby. Um, and that recognition by governing body also allows the schools to pick it up, um, which takes, which would take advantage of the existing structures uh, as far as supporting and coaching and everything versus um, anytime you have something that's a, you know, a local youth program, it's going to consistently rely on the the volunteer time and the goodwill of the community, which can, which can disappear over time versus uh, a school, which would be a little bit more permanent with a bit more longevity. Yeah. And, and, and Nate, um, um, it's some great, great questions from our, our listeners so far, by the way, but, um, and speaking of young players, you know, obviously not high school, but um, coming into the scene, coming into the United States Eagles scene, um, and, and you've been in the scene for a while as well. When you look at the influx of players, like last year, we had a lot of young guys come into and they got their first caps against England and Ireland, and that kind of deal. And they all did great. You know, when you look at those influx of young players last year, um, who stands out as, you know, honestly, as your replacement? And I don't mean this year or anytime soon. But, you know, there's some great players out there. And you're going, oh, wow, that guy is going to take my spot one day. Uh, as a second row replacement? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure that I have a good answer for you. Uh, hopefully, hopefully there are a lot of people that take my position. Because if there's one thing that America has a ton of, it's tall guys that um, aren't quite good enough to play basketball or, you know, in the NFL. Uh, and I'm not particularly fast. And I'm not necessarily even that tall and so if you find people there should be a lot of people in my mold that, that we should be flooding the pipeline with um america has no shortage of big athletic guys and that those are the ones that we should be targeting to uh start to put into a pipeline especially now that it can be a profession through mlr well nate you're faster than nick so you got that going for you at the very least right but uh, <laughs> <laughs> these uh these last few minutes while we have you we uh we always ask we like to ask our guests some 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 fun off the wall questions so i'm gonna fire a couple at you here um so give us your uh your favorite roommates that you've had over the years with usa rugby and uh with any the teams you play with in mlr uh, my favorite roommates. Well, James Hiltebrand is always uh, a treat um, with USA, um, and with uh, with Rooney, I've um, been enjoying uh, hanging out with Joe Basser this year, um, who's one of our new lads. Yeah, so. uh, that's interesting. Okay, we've heard James Hiltebrand's name come up before as an interesting roommate, so uh, not surprised to hear him there. All right, so now you've got some um, 
some rugby New York teammates who've got some interesting hairstyles. If you could trade hairstyles with one of your rugby New York teammates for a day, who would it be? Oh, that is a good one. Um, who would I trade hair with? Um, I, I would trade with our trainer, Ollie, um, who's bald, just so he could understand <laughs> what it's like to have hair. <laughs> Not the answer we were expecting, but I like it. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, what's been your uh, What's been your favorite moment so far um, playing in MLR? Um, I think my favorite time so far has just been seeing how much uh, the game has grown. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I cut my teeth playing uh, for New York Athletic Club in New York, um, playing in front of uh, you know a few friends and family, and that's about it. To people that are paying money and wearing the shirts and singing the songs in the stands um, to thousands of people coming out to these matches. Uh, and it's just, it's been super cool to watch this whole thing grow. Um, and I'm very excited to see where it keeps going. Very cool, Nate. So listen, guys, we're about two minutes out. I want to appreciate, I want to thank everybody for joining and listening for Nate being here. So Nate, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, a tough question at you. Uh, and it's extremely tough now. Um, okay. All right, here we go. Um, what's going to be the score this weekend? <laughs> oh, um, it is going to be uh, a close one. That's good. That's that's that's. Uh, it's not breaking news, but that's good. I'll take that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Listen, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, Nate. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Again, good luck this weekend um, for the New England Free Jacks fans. Uh, we do hope to see you in two weeks. Cool. Thanks again for having me.